Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This list is trash. That's yeah, bad. This list is garbage. It's absolutely terrible. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake will join us for a little bit of our quarterback rankings today. That is what we are breaking down. The first of our rankings that we will go through position by position, kicking things off with the quarterback, which is the most important position on the field. Not necessarily the most important position in fantasy football, uh, at least according to the three hosts on this podcast. But before we do that, we are going to get into some pretty important news um, in the NFL space because it impacts fantasy football and some of the previews we've already done. That is that Melvin Gordon's agent has brought up a possible trade, the request to trade Melvin Gordon uh, because... The Chargers are not interested in getting into this contract discussion, and that is an issue, obviously, if you have already drafted Melvin Gordon um, or are thinking about drafting Melvin Gordon because this could end up in a holdout, and that is the worst-case scenario if you are a fantasy owner. It it really is, and boy, I mean, to have a pick – I mean, I think right now you're starting to talk about two top five, maybe some people will argue top six players – in fantasy drafts with holdout concerns. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, what do you do with these guys? I mean, I've already dropped Melvin Gordon outside the first round and outside of my top ten running backs. We talked about that on the show yesterday. I don't know I don't know what to do here because the reality is all this takes is one good day to fix this problem. And and I'm of the belief that Melvin Gordon is an RB one if he's playing anywhere in the National Football League. He's obviously a top five pick for me if he's playing in LA, but he's still a first round pick for me if he plays anywhere. This is why you got to do your fantasy drafts later. I mean, I know that's not the greatest advice I could give you, but I understand wanting to pass on these guys. I understand wanting to pass on a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. If you want to go safe at the top of your draft, I understand. But just understand that if you take a risk on these guys, there is potential high payoff at the end. I feel a lot more comfortable about the Ezekiel Elliott situation than I do about the Melvin Gordon situation, but that's as we sit here today on Friday, August 2nd. I don't know that I'm going to feel that way in two weeks, especially if this trade gets done and he goes somewhere else sooner rather than later for Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott just continues to hold out. Um, Here's the thing. Melvin Gordon, like you said, to me, he's an RB1. It doesn't matter where he's playing, okay? He's a great football player. If he ends up in an offense that I don't like as much as the L.A. Chargers, that's why you saw Jamie drop him out of his overall, out of the first round, an early second round, because we don't know where he's going to be playing football. And we don't know if if he's going to be playing football the first couple of weeks. And it's hard not to let the Le'Veon Bell situation from last year linger into this season and scare you away. And I totally understand if you are in the – I'm not going to draft either one of these guys. I can't tell you that that's wrong because guess what? Last year, a lot of people told you to draft Le'Veon Bell and nobody could have forecasted that you were not going to get that guy and you had to take him in the top five. And if you took him and didn't get him, obviously he didn't play any games for you last year. It probably ruined your fantasy football season. And I don't think there's an obvious handcuff here for either one of these guys. We've talked about Justin Jackson and I think he can have first and second down work. He can catch the ball, but Austin Eckler's going to have a role. 
just like Tony Pollard is the backup in Dallas. If I mean, there, there isn't a James Conner situation there where it's like, no. okay, just grab this guy in the 12th round and, and you'll be good. I get it. If you're risk averse and you're picking, let's say, fourth right now and Saquon's off the board and McCaffrey's off the board and Kamara's off the board and you say, well, I'm going to go with David Johnson and I'm going to, or I'm going to go with Nuke Hopkins or I'm going to go with somebody else that's not one of those two running backs, I get it. Yeah. Um, to me, Zeke is playing the, in the playing football this season for the Dallas Cowboys I at agree. some point. Yeah. He's not getting traded. He's not going somewhere else. I don't think he's sitting out the whole season. But does he sit out 10 weeks? Does he sit out 8 weeks? Does he sit out 1 week? Does he show up to camp tomorrow? We don't know. Uh, Melvin Gordon is the one that I can equally see a chance of him playing somewhere else. I still think he's going to end up back with the Chargers at some point. But if he doesn't, we'll see where his value goes up to. I just, it, it's so tough for fantasy owners to, to decide right now. Like I get it. You're going to have – if you have the fifth pick right now – you're probably either taking a chance that you think Zeke's going to be there or you're reaching for one of the receivers just to be safe. Like, you don't have much of a choice. Uh, This is why, as Jamie said earlier, wait on your draft. Wait as long as you possibly can because a lot of this stuff will fix itself before the season kicks off, hopefully. Before we get into our quarterback rankings, though, there is one thing that was released on social media today that I had to address on this podcast because it is so ridiculous. Uh, Yahoo Sports put out a list of the most tortured NFL fan bases. No other context other than the most tortured NFL fan bases, okay? The number one overall most tortured fan base is the New York Giants. Now, I am trying, I am struggling to find out how you could possibly put this team in a category which a lot of the teams below have never won a Super Bowl, and this team's won two in the last 15 years. How in the hell are the New York Giants the number one overall most tortured fan base? Please explain. Unless this is over like the last 24 months. Oh my god. This doesn't make any sense to me. Look, the Giants, as bad as things are for them right now, they have multiple rings and are still regarded as one of the most prestigious franchises in the NFL. Like, they're still a cornerstone franchise. Looking down the list here, number seven, the 49ers. LOL. Literally I'm sorry, LOL. how many Hall of Famers are on that team? How many rings does that team have? I know it's been a while, but they have rings, plural, as do the Green Bay Packers at number nine. Like, I, I just, I don't understand this. I have a problem with the fact that the Arizona Cardinals, who have never won a Super Bowl, are not on this list. But the Green Bay Packers, who went from having Brett Favre but, to having Aaron Rodgers, are on the list. Yes. Uh, the New York Giants, like I said, who have two Super Bowls in the last 15 years... Uh, the 49ers, who are one of the the top three winningest franchises in the NFL. Yes. What? Excuse me? No. This is a horrible list. Yes. The other names in the middle between the Giants and 49ers and how ridiculous that is. Makes sense. The Jets. They're the yes. Jets. I mean, they're, they're, they're the Jets. Uh, the Redskins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they have a Super Bowl, but, but like... they've been bad ooh, they've been for bad so for. long. Atlanta sports as a whole just deserves to be on this list. Yeah. Just all of Atlanta. Uh, the the Lions. The I Lions mean, should be number one. I mean, one. yeah, they're number one. I, I, I don't – any list that does not have the Detroit Lions as the number one overall NFL most tortured fan base is a bad list. Yeah, it, it's the Lions. Lions are the answer here. Bengals are pretty close too. So, yeah. like, and those the, are the answers. Yeah, the Vikings never won a Super also, Bowl. But they were the just way, in – they were just playing in an NFC championship. Hello. The Browns haven't won anything yet. Okay, so the Browns haven't done anything. They traded for Odell Beckham. Yes. What if the Browns? Like the Browns are still. The Browns win eight games this year. They're still a tortured fan base. Yeah. So that was my biggest uh, omission from this list that I thought. 
Have we anointed the Brown Super Bowl champions? I didn't know. Are we? Should we just not play this season? So I forgot that training camp counted for like regular season games because it's awesome that everyone's excited for the Browns now, but they have been the worst franchise in sports for the last twenty years. When did they last make the playoffs? The Lions have made it more recently. Two thousand one. The Lions made it more recently, right? Yes. Like yes, the Lions. The, the Bengals have. The Falcons have. Yeah. No. I don't know if the Redskins have or not. I can't remember those. The Vikings years, just still. the Vikings just played in an NFC championship game. Literally. Yes. So I this list is bad. The, the, I just <laughs> I wanted to bring this to your attention so that everybody that listens to this podcast can go to Yahoo Sports and tell them which is exactly how can a team with a Super Bowl ring be on the list? Do better. That's multiple the first rings. response. Yeah. It's and multiple rings recently for the New yes. York Giants is the number one overall. Listen, if this is a list that's about the recent time, sure. But maybe you should qualify that by putting that at the top. And still, the Cleveland Browns, Browns should still be just, on They won list. zero games a couple years ago. Two zero. Years ago. Yeah. Z- zero games. Yeah, I uh, I got a lot of issues with this list. This list is trash. That, yeah, it's bad. This list is garbage. It's absolutely terrible. And Jay... Bisbee, who wrote this article, needs to reevaluate where he ranks everything. And I see that he has everything Atlanta in his bio. So, of course, the Falcons are on there, which they deserve. To be fair, the entire city of Atlanta sports should be on there. Yeah, but... Since the Braves in the 90s when they just kept losing to the Yankees. Like, that that, that whole city. It's such a good sports town, they deserve better than what they've got. Yeah, this is is bad. This is a bad list. So, stay tuned because you're going to hear our quarterback rankings coming up. All right, we are discussing our quarterback rankings for the TDN Fantasy Podcast. The first overall quarterback in the – we're using the Fantasy Pros ADP. Just so just so everybody knows, if you go to FantasyPros.com, you can see their, where these quarterbacks are getting drafted, their average draft position, ADP, and they have a ton of experts that are giving you their, their uh, thoughts on quarterbacks. So the overall number one quarterback – in no surprise, is Patrick Mahomes. He's my number one quarterback, and I believe he's both of your number one quarterbacks as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's at the top for me. Uh, I do think there's going to be not as significant of a gap this year between Mahomes and whoever QB2 ends up being. Uh, but again, I, I think he can flirt with 4,800 passing yards in my projection. He came up with 4,788. But I, I think at this point he's going to be – under 40 total touchdowns this year, which, again, is still really, really good, but just not quite to level we've seen before. I expect him to be up in the teens and interceptions. As we continue to talk about it, I think he's going to be QB number one, but he's going way, way too high in fantasy drafts right now. I just can't take him at his round one or round two price where he's going. Yeah, I mean, Jamie hit the nail on the head. I've got him number one as well, but where people are taking him in round two, and it's just crazy. I mean, you're going to get so much better value later on with some of the guys we're going to talk about. But I think he does have the uh, first or second biggest season. The number two overall quarterback in ADP is Andrew Luck. I also have Andrew Luck as my number two overall quarterback, and I almost put him as my number one. I was flirting with the idea. I was real close. Um, I will not be shocked. That's the way I'm going to say it. I will not be shocked if he ends up as the number one overall fantasy football quarterback this year. I have a great feeling about the Colts. I really like this team. I really like what Andrew's going to do this year. I like a full, healthy season of what we saw last year. And we all know who Andrew Luck is as a quarterback. I don't think anybody on this show uh, doesn't think that he's a top three talent. 
And I, I just have I have a lot of faith in this team, and I I that's where I have him. I have a number two overall. Yeah, he, he's he's my third quarterback for me, but I can't argue with any points that you just made. I, I think there are truly four elite options in fantasy this year, and he is in one of those choices. But again, he even if you're someone that's like, look, I don't want to wait on quarterback. I know everyone tells me that I want an elite option. That that is what I need for my team. Don't pay the Patrick Mahomes price. Pay the price to get a guy like Andrew Luck, who right now is going. 45 overall. Yeah, 45 versus where Patrick Mahomes is going in the teens. I mean, you, yeah. can, you can grab him in the four, Andrew Luck in the fourth round. Maybe in some drafts he's flipping to the fifth round I've seen. I would much rather have a player like that. Look, the last two healthy years, he's been number five and number seven among quarterbacks and fantasy points per game. Uh, I have a hard time seeing him finishing outside the top five this year. I am not worried about the current calf injury. It is August 2nd. I'm not worried about that at this point. Uh, draft him with confidence. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Andrew Luck. If I'm starting an NFL franchise right now, I'm starting it with him and nobody else. And, and it's not even close. And I think, and I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes as well, who I also love. But I mean, this guy's just special. He gets it. Now they're going to play good defense in the front seven. Uh, they're going to try to run it a bunch, which could limit it a little bit. I've got him three on my board behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but everything you guys have said, I mean, the, the, he's phenomenal. The weapons are there. As long as they stay healthy, he's going to put up big numbers. Yeah, I like the the reasoning behind me putting Luck over Rodgers is I like what Luck has options-wise versus what Aaron Rodgers has options-wise. I like their offensive line a little bit more, but I think we're splitting hairs here. I have the ADP here is Aaron Rodgers coming in at number three. I have Aaron Rodgers as my number three quarterback. At this point, he's going 53 overall. Sign me up for Aaron Rodgers at 53 versus Patrick Mahomes at 19. Look, there's injury risk when you're dealing with Aaron Rodgers. It's just a fact of life for him. But if you look at the last three years in terms of points per game, first, sixth, and fourth, and if you look at total points, when he's been healthy, he finishes as the number one quarterback in fantasy, period, end of story. Uh, Again, you can't ever project 16 games of health for, for anybody in the NFL, but particularly for a player that has the extensive injury history. But I like the idea that he's going to throw a lot more this year. As I've joked before, Aaron Rodgers is calling Aaron Rodgers' plays this season. And I do kind of like the weapons around him. I do like Aaron Jones. I think he's still, if he gets used more, the most dynamic running back they've had in a long time. Devontae Adams is a superstar receiver. I think Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are pretty good options there at two and three. There's some other pieces there. I think Jimmy Graham's going to have a little bit of a bounce back season. I think there's plenty of weapons there for Aaron Rodgers. And when he plays, when he's in your lineup and on the field, he is a guaranteed top three quarterback. Yeah, the reason I have him above luck is because it all goes through him. I think they're going to scheme up some stuff, not be quite so vanilla that they've been maybe the last five or six years. Uh, Some easier completions. And let's be honest, that defense is not very good, but it's the Green Bay Packers. They have very high expectations. They're going to try to win every game they can to get in the playoffs. And a lot of that's going to be he's still slinging it in the fourth quarter, trying to make comebacks. And I, that's why I put him a little bit above uh, uh, a luck when it comes to it. I think he's going to throw a little bit more. The number four overall quarterback in the ADP is Deshaun Watson. I stay on track here. I'm also Deshaun Watson, number four. I, this is the end of my tier one quarterbacks. All four of those guys are in a comfortable place for me where they're being drafted. But like I said, Mahomes 19 and the rest of those three guys, 45, 53, and 51. That is a significant difference. If you are drafting Patrick Mahomes, I can almost, I 99.9% assure you that the difference between Patrick Mahomes and those other three guys is not going to be worth that much difference in a fantasy draft. And I feel pretty confident about that. So I've talked on the show before about how I came to my projections, which helped me come up with my rankings. 
And I, I took seven different outlets projections. I weighted each one of them based on past success with predicting. The, the, what it spit out as my QB2 this year was Deshaun Watson. Now, he's my fourth QB. I adjusted. I still would rather take Rodgers and Luck. I think there's just a greater history of that. But in terms of points, the only quarterback that didn't that, that's above 310 fantasy points in my projection that's not Mahomes is Deshaun Watson. I, I think he can go over 4,000 passing yards. I think he's going to be over 500 yards in the ground, around 30 total touchdowns. I, his rushing exceeds his floor. He's nowhere near as polished of a real-life football player as Mahomes and Luck and Aaron Rodgers, or even like a Matt Ryan in terms of passing ability. But his rushing ability kind of pushes him up there. And the thing to note, since he's been in the league, the last two years, QB1, QB5 in points per game. He has proven now that he can be at that level. We're now another full year removed from that major knee injury. I think there's no reason to believe he can't put up top five numbers again. I've got him at six. Uh, I've got Carson Wentz as my number four. Well, I'm sure we'll get to him in a minute, but as far as Watson goes, I don't think he's going to get 500 rushing yards. They're scared to death of something happening to him. Uh, they're going to have to throw it to come back because their defense has got off on their offensive line. It's not very good. I think the sack totals are going to be just as high. Uh, and I'm worried about his weapons staying healthy. I'm not sure Will Fuller and Kiki QT can stay healthy. And if they don't, the new Hopkins is the only guy in a team that's trying to come back and win games. I think the team takes a step back and I've got him down at six. I mean, I still love to have him, but not where we're talking about drafting him right now. The number five overall quarterback is the first one where I am at a significant difference. And that is Baker Mayfield in the ADP coming in as the number five overall quarterback. I have him as my ninth overall quarterback. I, I, I think everyone's going to be in agreement here in this show. At least know that Jamie is. I'm excited about Baker Mayfield. I'm not ready to put him in the elite fantasy category, which is where he's being drafted because of the note that Jamie is about to give you right now. So when Baker Mayfield took over last season, among fantasy football quarterbacks from there on out, he finished 18th in fantasy points per game. I'm obviously expecting him to take a step forward. He obviously has more weapons now. But let's keep in mind that you're expecting a massive, massive leap over what he did last year in order to project him into the top five. And in my projection systems, where look, let me see if is there anything I'm saying that feels low to you, okay? 4,385 yards, 31 passing touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 174 rushing yards. Does any of that sound unreasonably low to you? No. If he does that, he's maybe QB 10 or 11. So I think you have to understand and set reasonable expectations for Baker Mayfield. In my, in my rankings right now, I have him at QB 8. Because I, I think because there's some risk with guys behind him. I'm still not sure, you know, with injury risk and guys falling down. But to me, to put him all the way up at QB5, you're expecting just massive, massive leaps over last year. And I just don't see it. I got him at QB10. And after listening to you, I'm not sure that I like that. Those numbers sound high to me. 4,300, I'm not sure he's touching that. I, they're still wanting to run it 25 times a game with Chubb. Keep that defense off the field and fresh. And they want to play conducive football offense defense if they get into this gunslinging stuff which we've talked about when we did the browns analysis i don't think it plays into their hands i mean like i said i gotta make qb 10 and maybe 12 or 13 is, is better the number six overall quarterback in the adp is matt ryan i have matt ryan as my fifth overall quarterback going into this season i I was high on Matt Ryan last year. He had a good season last year. I like the weapons around him. He's got a healthy group of wide receivers to throw the ball to. You know he's going to sling it, and it 
is conducive to fantasy points. I don't know that Atlanta is going to be a great football team, but I know that that offense is going to be humming and it all goes through Matt Ryan and his arm. And, and if you see my rankings up on the draftnetwork.com, you've noticed that I have a one man tier two, and that is Matt Ryan. And because I can't put him in that top four, he's not a safe enough option to be there. But I think his upside is greater than the guys we're going to talk about after him. He's kind of been all over the place. If you listen, if you've been a long listener of the show, you know I was not a big fan of Matt Ryan going in the last season. He's been up and down the last four years in terms of fantasy points per game among quarterbacks: twenty eighth, second, twenty first, third. If you combine the last three years in totality, he's been the number one quarterback in fantasy in total points. So I, I love the offense. Uh, I Dirk Cutter's back. Will refuse to run the football because that's what he does. He's got a lot of weapons there. I'm really excited for year two of Calvin Ridley. We've talked, you know, Jake and I, and you talked ad nauseum about people are sleeping on Mohamed Sanu. Julio Jones is a superstar. Devontae Freeman is back. I mean, Austin Hooper is, is a fine option at tight end. He's got plenty of pieces there. So he's a guy that I'm seeing going in the sixth round, sometimes even the seventh round nowadays. I'd be okay at that point grabbing him if you miss out on the top four. But I think this is the line for me because everybody else beneath them is in this range, which I've talked about to the point where you probably hate me saying it, of they're all kind of the same and you're picking your poison. Matt Ryan's just the first quarterback outside that just above it. Yeah, see, I've got those top three, Mahomes, Rodgers, Luck, and then everybody else. I, I got Ryan at eight. He fits right into what you guys are talking about, everything you've said. Now, the value you're talking about, I think he may be the most value play on the board in your most of these drafts. Um, it's been inconsistent, and I'm not sure how good this team is going to be. The weapons are there if they're healthy now. Those weapons aren't always healthy. So I, I just I dropped him a little bit because of that, and it's more football-related than fantasy-related. We kicked Jake off. It's just me and Jamie taking you through the rest of these quarterback rankings. But you will be able to see his, mine, and Jamie's rankings on thedraftnetwork.com. You will see all of our quarterback rankings. Next week we'll be releasing all of our running back and wide receiver rankings that you'll be able to see so make sure you're paying attention to the draftnetwork.com. Follow them, Draft Network LLC on Twitter. You're going to see all of that good stuff and all of that good content coming out over the next few weeks. Now, back to the ADP quarterback rankings. Number seven coming in hot, Drew Brees. I'm in lockstep here. My man, Drew Brees, coming in almost across the board. ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, the fantasy footballers all have him at seven. I have him at seven. You know what you're getting with Drew Brees. You know he's going to put up numbers. You know he's going to throw for a lot of yards. You know he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. He's got a lot of options. Um, would I be surprised if he ends up eight through 10? No, but I kind of have everybody in this tier, like Jamie talked about, that they're all kind of very similar. I think they're they're not going to be much different. They're they're separate from that tier one. I'm in agreement with Jamie that tier two is kind of Matt Ryan on his own. And then tier three has a lot of the guys that are going to put up, in my opinion, very, very similar numbers. I just like Drew Brees because of the consistency, and I know what I'm getting. So if you've seen my latest rankings on thedraftnetwork.com, you notice that one of the big fallers for me is Drew Brees. I have him falling all the way down to number 10. Uh, my reevaluation of Drew Brees is kind of focused on how his floor has kind of sunk in recent years. He still has a ceiling that's really high. He's still in a really good offense. But we're starting to see him struggle from week to week a little bit more often. There are a little bit more single-digit point weeks from him. And that concerns me. I would much rather have consistency at that position than boom or bust, especially when I'm drafting a quarterback in my top 10 that I expect to be my QB1. Still like him. Still my quarterback 10. Uh, I do – it's – 
Last year, we finished as the QB8. The year before, we finished as the QB13 in fantasy points per game. We've seen a drop. I think his top five days are over. Um, so I think his upside is capped. I think his floor is now lower than it's ever been. He's just not someone I'm going to reach for. Uh, just in seeing where he's going in drafts right now, just somebody that's not going to end up being on my team. Because uh, his ADP is going to continue to rise as more friends and family leagues start to go when they look at the name value versus the fantasy value. But again, as, as Paige said, these tier three quarterbacks, which again, you can see how my tiers are broken up and you'll see on, with pages as well on the draftnetwork.com. You're kind of in a spot now where you have eight to 10 guys that you're like, all right, I'm okay with going into the season with them as my QB1. Um, I will note that Jake does not have Drew Brees in his top 15. Wow. I will note because he sent me, uh, he does not have him in his top 15. And Very interesting. There are a couple fantasy analysts in the industry that have dropped Drew Brees outside of the top 12. I have, I have seen that. Uh, and ones I respect too. So it's not, yeah. uh, it's not just, you know, Jake with his crazy Carson Wentz takes, uh, which we'll talk about in a second here. But uh, it's, I get it. I'm, I'm not actively targeting Drew Brees in fantasy drafts. If I get him and if he falls to me where I'm taking the quarterback, I'm fine. I'm not going to be upset with that, but he's not somebody I'm actively targeting. Uh, number eight in the ADP, Russell Wilson. I also have Russell Wilson coming in as my number eight overall quarterback. Listen, I know what I get with Russell Wilson. I know he's going to put up a lot of numbers. Why? Because he's going to rush for a lot of yards. He does it every single year. He gets garbage time points because he chucks the ball down the field. It's 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 one of the most interesting slash frustrating things as as I have resided in Arizona for the past six years, watching Russell Wilson do things that seem impossible in moments. And I have him, he's the guy that has top five upside we've seen it before I just don't like their offense as much and that is why he's no longer a tier one or tier two guy for me because I just don't like what they have offensively anymore so he's a tier three guy I think his upside is there because obviously we have seen it I just don't think he has that left in him I think this is kind of where he's going to be for the rest of his career where you're going to be happy to have him but he's not going to ever put up the numbers that Mahomes and Rodgers and Luck are. Agree completely. He's at the top of Tier 3 for me. He's my QB6. Here are things that are going to – his season could have a lot of range of outcomes. His touchdown rate last year, which is percentage of touchdowns thrown per pass, astronomically high. He will not repeat that. It just is – it just – everything that's ever happened in football tells us it's not really repeatable. So I expect his – those touchdown percentage to go down. However – I expect him to throw significantly more, which will help kind of make up for the difference there. I think everyone's going, oh, you know, he threw, his touchdown percentage is unsustainable. I'm staying away, as if he's going to throw the same amount of passes. I think he's going to throw more. That defense is appreciably worse, and I think they're going to be down in games a lot more, and we're going to have to see that scramble like a chicken with your head cut off Russell Wilson that we've all know and love or hate if you don't like the Seahawks or you're in the NFC West – a lot more, and I expect him. I don't expect the rushing totals to be there anymore. He's not running quite as much as he used to. Where do I have him for rushing totals here? I have him, yeah, 376 yards. Like I, I don't have him having massive rushing totals, but I do think he's going to be a guy that can flirt with 30 touchdowns passing again, and he's just going to throw so much more. But I get if you're fading him a little bit. Last year he was QB 10. Really came on at the end of the year. Yeah. I, I owned him in fantasy, and I was frustrated in the first half. I think you're going to see a lot more passes in total from them. Daryl Bebel's gone. Uh, that defense is worse. Those are all things for fantasy purposes I like for a fantasy quarterback. That's exactly right. Uh, I Actually, I think I'm going to switch him and Wentz in my, in my rankings. But I do – it was one of those things. I took a lot of time. Jamie and I do something very, very similar when we rate 
these quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is the number nine overall quarterback. He's in this tier three for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like him a lot. I have him number six overall. Jake has him number five. Is that where he's four? QB yeah, four. I, I can't put him above Deshaun Watson or any of those guys. I, I just I don't think Jake hates Deshaun Watson. If you've listened to the show the yeah, last Jake, few years, you know Jake Jake's is not... not a fan of Deshaun Watson. I for whatever reason he doesn't he and I get it, the offensive line isn't as good. It's bad last year too. That but his 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 upside with his rushing ability yes. and the fact that he has so many good weapons, in my opinion, on that on that receiver and and in my in both yes. of our opinions, the best wide receiver in the league. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. New Hopkins is New Hopkins is the best is the best wide receiver in the league. Will Fuller when healthy is a massive deep threat. Kiki QT showed he can he can hang. I cannot in good faith put Carson Wentz above him. I think I think he's in this tier three. I think six might even be a little high. I sat there and looked at it quite a bit. The only reason I have him that high is because I do think he's going to pass a ton this season, and I like them passing. I like him in this division. Um, I think, like I said, I like him in this tier three. If I get him and he's my starting quarterback, I know I'll be happy to have him. But I if definitely, you, you have definitely high, don't have him higher than any of those if guys. If you have him that high, you're going to get him in a lot of leagues. Yes. His ADP is not very high at the moment, relatively. 87 overall. Yeah. I mean, that's a comfortable position for me to take Carson Wentz and be pretty happy about it. He's my QB 12. Uh, obviously, there's some injury risk that that's built into having him. Yep. You know what the upside is? I mean, two years ago, he was the number two quarterback in fantasy before he dived into the end zone and messed up his knee. And we and we anointed Nick Foles, the greatest playoff quarterback of all time. He was the number two quarterback in fantasy. He was number 15 when he played last year. He had, He's one of the rare guys in this tier because I think there's only a couple – I would say I have this tier right now of tier three as one, two, three, four, eight players. I think there are maybe two of those players that have top three upside. Yes. Carson Wentz is one of those players. I agree. But he also has outside of the top 12 downside. 100% and big time injury risk. So that's my only concern there. I am a QB 12, which means I'm perfectly okay with going the season with him as one of my QB options there in a single quarterback league. I'm fine with it. I, I don't think he's going to run as much anymore. Not that he was ever a big runner, but I don't think he's going to scramble as much. I do think he's going to get over 4,000 yards, flirt with 30 touchdowns, but I think that's going to put him more like what we've seen Philip Rivers. I think we're looking at more of a Philip Rivers type season, which is an awesome real life quarterback, but just a okay, okay bottom end QB1 in fantasy purposes for him. He's got a lot of weapons there. I do really like what that offense can bring. I'm, I'm higher now, Sean Jeffrey. You bring back Deshaun Jackson, which is going to be really helpful for him to take those deep shots. Ertz is a stud. I think Dallas got – I mean, they have two great tight ends. They have a lot to like there. My my qualifier here for you is I can tell you, and this is just a personal thing, if I drafted – if I drafted Carson Wentz, I am getting another quarterback. I will have yes. another quarterback on my roster because I know that I can get one of these other guys later on as an insurance blanket because – I. I don't ever wish injuries on anybody. This is not what I'm talking about. I just know what I've seen. And I know that he has had a major injury. And it is hard to play 16 games when you've had major injuries. I hope that he does. But I, I going into the season, if it was me, my team, I would draft somebody else because it would scare me going into the season to just have him. I know it's not a popular opinion in the fantasy industry, but... If I am drafting anyone outside those top five quarterbacks, I am getting a second quarterback this year. I think mixing him – you have to know your league. If you're in an expert league where only like two or three people take backups, then yeah, you can wait and stream the position. 
But if you're a friends and family league where you're going to have 18, 20, maybe even 24 quarterbacks off the board of draft day, if everyone drafts a backup or yeah, somebody drafts to. three, you have to. You have to because if, if to me, if I go in the season with a combination of like Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz or somebody we'll talk about later or Kirk Cousins or Philip Rivers. Or Mitch Trubisky. Those Mitch are Trubisky. All, those are I'd be perfectly okay with that. Yeah. What I don't want to do is go in with the season with Carson Wentz and then the best player on the waiver wire is Andy Dalton, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles. I think that point is you can get in trouble. So to me, I am perfectly okay spending a second bench spot on the quarterback and then playing the matchups because there's going to be some weeks where I don't, maybe I don't want to play Russell Wilson that week. And maybe if I have Wilson and Wentz, I can kind of see which matchup I like. So I'm a total proponent of that, even though that hasn't been a popular strategy in fantasy expert circles in recent years. Rounding out the top 10 quarterbacks, number 10 in the ADP coming in is Cam Newton. Uh I do not have Cam Newton in my top 10. I have him just outside as my number 11 overall quarterback. And this is strictly based off the injury concern. That's that, This has nothing. I will tell you right now, I will not be drafting Cam Newton. You, you, can, yeah. you can draft Cam Newton if you like. I will not draft Cam Newton. There's, two, there's injury risk, and then there's what Cam has. Cam is in a, the second tier of, of injury risk, yeah. where he's, hurt. he's coming into the season similar to when we – all watched Andrew Luck in seasons prior where you're like, is he actually going to play? And then they played him and he got re-injured. I, I, they drafted a quarterback this year. They're in a transitional phase with this, with this team overall. I don't have a lot of faith. I have him high. I have him 11 because if he does play, he will be in this category because of his rushing ability. And we know he's going to score touchdowns. He goes into the goal line every year. I just think if he plays that way like he likes to – He's bound to probably re-injure that shoulder, and I will not be drafting him. I'm kind of hedging my bets here with, with Cam Newton. And he, he's number nine QB for me. I'm obviously massively concerned about the injury risk because it's not just the injury risk. He's hurt now. And I think that there's a difference between being afraid someone's going to get hurt and someone being hurt currently. That's why I put him in another tier because he's not there's, – there's I'm afraid he might get injured, and then there's he's going into the season injured, and that is what we were talking about when we are talking about Cam Newton. Exactly. So, uh, But when he's on the field, he's been incredibly productive. Number one quarterback few, uh, four years ago, two years ago number five, last year number nine when he was on the field. When he plays, he's going to give you almost guaranteed QB1 performances, but – it's a massive injury risk. Uh, Jake has him all the way down to 15. And again, I, I get it. Like he's not I someone understand. I'm not someone I'm targeting, but if you're in a league with a bunch of people like us and he starts falling into round 10, round 11, take the risk because if he's on the field at that point, you're going to get top 7, top maybe even top 5 QB upside. The number 11 overall quarterback in the ADP off of Fantasy Pros is Jared Goff. I have Jared Goff as my number 10 overall quarterback. Like I said, very close in this tier. Um, I like Goff. Listen, here's what I know. Sean McVay is still there. Yes. They have a lot of offensive options, and they're going to throw the hell out of the ball. That's that's what I know. And as long as Sean McVay is calling plays, because if you didn't know, Sean McVay is calling plays, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna buy into the Jared Goff Kool-Aid. The second that Sean McVay is not coaching for that team, if that ever happened, I wouldn't be buying the Kool-Aid. But – this team is going to put up points, especially early on in the season. Uh, you get, get yourself a nice nice lead, and I feel pretty comfortable going into the year with, with him at 89 overall uh, in his ADP. Yeah, he's QB 11 for me too. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to Jake and I go over the NFC West uh, divisional preview, please go back in the archives and listen to it. But for those who had, haven't heard, I'm going to bring it back up again. It was a tale of two seasons for Jared Goff and fantasy purposes. For the first five games, he put up five straight 33-plus point performances to start the season. 
By the time the Week 10 ended, he was the number eight quarterback in fantasy points per game, averaging 21.6. After that, so Cooper Cup tears his ACL at that point. They obviously they play the Chiefs in that game where every point was ever scored in the league. <laughs> uh, but even including that game, so without Cooper Cup, including the Kansas City game. From weeks 11 to 16, Goff was the number 24 yeah. quarterback of fantasy points per game, averaging 14.2. He didn't have a strong postseason run for most of that. Uh, to me, the, again, there's a lot of risk here because I don't know which Jared Goff I'm going to get. But he's finished as a top 12 quarterback in points per game the last two years. He is tied to arguably the best offense in football with Sean McVay calling it with plenty of weapons everywhere on the field. Somebody that I'm going to take as one of my two quarterback options here late and say, you know what, there are going to be certain matchups where I'm going to take those 30-plus point performances. And if you start to see him struggle down the stretch or play on the road in Chicago, for example, like we saw last year, I'll play somebody else. That's exactly right. I had Jared Goff as my quarterback last year, and I can assure you that I did not start him that night because I thought, it's cold. It's they're playing the number one defense in the NFL and you're on the road. You just got to know these are some of those quarterbacks where you're going to play matchups like Jamie and I were talking about where you're going to have another option and you're going to play them based off of the listen. I, if I have Jared Goff, I'll feel totally comfortable going into this fantasy football season. Here's one where I am not on board. with. Yeah, I am not on board with this at all. And I think everyone is buying the Kool-Aid and I'm not number 12 overall is Kyler Murray. Nope. How in the hell can you put somebody who you have literally never seen play in the NFL in your top 15? I have no idea. Kyler Murray, let me let me explain something to you because we live in Arizona, okay? If you didn't know that, we're currently recording We're surrounded this. by Kyler Murray hype yes. just existing. You yes. can breathe it. It's- we are recording this podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. Last year, going into training camp and all throughout training camp, I heard how good Josh Rosen looked, how disciplined this team looked, how great this defense looked. I'm telling you, go back and watch the first game of the season. I was there. They played the Washington Redskins, and the Redskins put 25 points on them in the first half. It was the worst performance by a defense and an offense I have ever seen in professional football. And maybe it's because I'm scarred from that, or maybe it's because I have reality. This team plays in the NFC West. All of the other teams are good football teams. They have a tough schedule. They have the worst offensive line in football. Kyler Murray played behind quite literally the best offensive line in college football. It is going to be different. That's great that he looks good in football shorts. Let me tell you something Bruce Arians once told me. I don't give a shit about what people look like in football shorts because it doesn't matter. That is not what real games look like. And if you draft Kyler Murray... Go ahead and do it at your own risk because I will not be drafting him. He's my 18th overall quarterback. I like – listen, I think this team is going to be exciting at times. Exciting but bad. He is not going to be somebody that I'm going to feel comfortable with being the only quarterback. And to put him in the top 15 above Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, no. And his his ADP is rising. Like he's going to move in. He's moving into the solidly into the top like ten, top eight. It's going to happen. No, thank you. This is the classic case of the devil you don't know versus the devil you know. And because we don't know where Kyler Murray, what his upside is, people are overvaluing him. I have him as QB eighteen as well. But let's play this projection game again because I think this is important because I want to try to provide context to why I think the way I think. Tell me if any of these numbers sound unreasonably low to you for Kyler Murray this season, assuming he plays every game. 
3,600 passing yards, 21 passing touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 500 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. Does that sound super low? No. Okay. Those all sound reasonable, and I would probably go a little lower on his rushing yards potentially, but that's I, I think that's all reasonable. That would put him outside the top 20 quarterbacks yeah. in terms of where I have projections. So I think people have to understand, unless you think he's going to run for eight, 900 yards, like if he's going to be Lamar Jackson, then sure, he's got top 12 upside because of the rushing ability. He's not going to. And by the way, I don't know how many hits Kyler Murray can take uh, in the NFL. Let me assure you, I stood next to him. For, for those of you who do I'm tall. I'm 5'11", okay? He is not, he is shorter than me. And it is significant. Significantly. Okay? I looked down. When I stood next to him. I stood as close as I'm sitting to Jamie. We were standing right next to each other. I'm telling you, I understand he gets the ball out quick. I understand that this might be exciting. This is not college football. This is not the Big 12 that literally has the worst defenses in all of college football. It's going to be much different. When he goes to Seattle to play a defense that I understand is taking a step back, is going to be a reality check. When he goes to play the LA Rams in LA, it's going to be a reality check. When Aaron Donald is coming for Kyler Murray, he's going to <laughs> feel kill it. Him. That's what I'm saying. These are you have to understand. Do not buy into the hype train. And if you do, take him way late as a flyer, or maybe potentially if you're in a dynasty league and you want to take dynasty one of league's those guys, a different, different different thing. I get because, that. But I, I just I don't see again. If, if you think my projections are way off, that's a good then take him higher for sure. Take him higher, yeah. but. At those projections, he's outside the top 20 quarterbacks. I think it's just, it is important. That's why I brought up that story from last year. Because I know that most of you probably listening to this podcast are not residing in Arizona. Okay? So you didn't hear how everyone in the media around this area was talking about this football team and about Josh Rosen. And I heard all of the same things that I'm hearing now. And that is why I told you what Bruce Arians says, because it doesn't matter what people look like in football shorts because it isn't real football, okay? It's just not. Throwing a football when nobody can touch you is really easy. That's what he's doing right now. Nobody gets to touch the quarterback in camp. Let me assure you of that. Uh, moving on before we go absolutely on a tirade, uh, number 13, Ben Roethlisberger. He's my 12th overall quarterback. I would feel a thousand percent more comfortable watching Ben Roethlisberger, who I've literally watched for a decade be a top 15 quarterback, be my overall quarterback here. Number 13, like I said, I have number 12. I think everyone's significantly down on him because of Antonio Brown. I don't think this offense is going to take that big of a step back. And I know what I'm going to get from him. I know he's going to throw picks, but I know he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns, and I know he's going to throw for a lot of yards. And then that's what Ben Roethlisberger does. QB 13 for me. Um, I absolutely would like to put him almost in the platoon spot, where I don't want to play him on the road against any competent defense. We've just seen how that can be a disaster for most years. But I, I agree with you. I expect the offense to take a step back, but not a huge step back. And people are way overestimating how far back. So in my projections, I have him throwing a handful less touchdowns and 500 fewer passing yards. And he is still a top 15 quarterback. Yep. I think people kind of forget, look, he's going to miss Antonio Brown. And, and I'm not, that's going to be a bigger negative, obviously, than a positive. But there are some positives to Brown leaving beyond just the off-the-field stuff. Ben was forcing it to him a lot last year. And if Ben Roethlisberger can become a little bit more efficient, he can help make up for some of the loss that Antonio Brown has. 
I think Dante Moncrief, I know everybody wants James Washington to win the job, including Mike Tomlin, but Dante Moncrief is probably going to win that job as the number two wide receiver. He's competent. He's not awesome, but he's competent. And I think Vance McDonald could have a big year. Washington's going to get involved somewhere. Maybe Switzer gets involved in, in some of the plays. Uh, I think Jalen Samuels, they could run a lot of two-back sets with James Conner on the field. I mean, yes. Jalen Samuels is a converted tight end. He's a pass catcher first. So I think there are a lot of weapons there still. I still think they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. I still think this is going to be a pretty darn good offense, even if it's not as good as years past. I'm perfectly okay. Ben Roethlisberger is my one of my two QBs going into the season. This is another quarterback that's way higher than where I have him. And uh, I know that people in your leagues are probably going to draft him high because of his name. And this is no reflection of who he is. I didn't even see who this was. This is no reflection of who he is as a quarterback in real life. It's completely rated off of who he is as a fantasy quarterback. Guys, come on. Tom Brady comes in at the number 14 overall quarterback. I have him rated as my 20th overall quarterback in fantasy football uh, ESPN has him 11. We do this I, every freaking year yeah, with Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I can't. Right. I, Tom Brady is arguably the greatest regular season, but regular quarterback. Not regular season. Regular quarterback. Real life, yeah. Real life quarterback. Fantasy quarterbacks and real life quarterbacks are very different. I don't <sighs> understand how this is even possible. So and that's going to go up because uh, I imagine as drafts continue to go, people are going to recognize it. So until they add rings as the category, I'm not drafting Tom Brady in fantasy. He's my QB 21. His let me look over the, the last four years for Tom Brady. Or like last year, he we're starting to finally see it. Like yes, he has that upside in the past where he was QB two, QB three, but last year he was 16th, and he's going to be right around there again. He's got no rushing upside at all. He's going to throw for 4,300 yards, but I just this team can run the ball effectively. They will run the ball effectively. They're not going to be down in a lot of second halves, so you're not going to get a lot of junk time. He's just going to be okay. There are going to be certain weeks where you go, I want to pick Tom Brady up off waivers and play him. But to draft him among the top 14 is crazy. He's not. He's going to finish the year somewhere in the back teams. 15 to 20, probably. Yeah, at the end of the season with very little upside. He doesn't have top five upside anymore. I'm not even sure he has top 10 upside anymore. Just it doesn't make sense for the way that they use him. Don't draft Tom Brady. Somebody's going to take him in like the top 12 and just let them do it. Yeah, let them do it. Listen, Tom Brady, no Gronkowski. I know that he's gone through periods of injury, but the touchdowns and the and the throws that he's going to make that he's used to making to Gronkowski are not going to be there. And the biggest part of this is what Jamie said. They, they found a nice rhythm establishing the run last season, and they're going to continue to do that. Tom Brady knows where he is in this part of his life, and he knows what he has to do to win football games. And I can assure you that he does not care about your fantasy team. He does not care about hitting some touchdown ratio no. that you think he might. He just wants to win football games, and he don't care if the final score is 10-7. to 7. He just wants to see a W. Something that's worth noting if you look at the rankings, of you look at the places where the more – I don't want this to sound derogatory, but the, the more casual fan plays, the ESPNs, the Yahoos, the NFLs. Dot coms. Their current ADP for Brady there, ESPN is 11, Yahoo is 13, NFL is 12. The more hardcore players, the players that are playing for money, the players that are going deep at um, real-time fantasy sports uh, and fan tracks, 19 and 21. Start to see where the industry, where the hardcore players, the people that are playing for money, for thousands of dollars, where are those guys going? And try to see where some of the differences are. Because – that can work in the reverse for the next guy. Yeah. I, who I, I love. Who I love also. Uh, number 15, 
is Jameis Winston. I have him as my 10, 11, 12, 13th overall quarterback. And to steal something that Jamie has said, I would be totally fine with Jameis Winston being my starting quarterback this season. Let me give you the numbers because Jamie just brought them up. ESPN, 19th. Yahoo, 15th, right? A little bit further down. But the but NFL, 21. Fantrax, 11th overall quarterback. Real-time sports, 14th overall quarterback. The guys that, the people that play for the money, he's much higher. I expect Jameis to have the best season we've seen of Jameis. Yes. And that comes from knowledge. You guys know who we have on this podcast. I know who I, I know who knows a lot more about football than I do. And I can assure you that people that are very, very, very smart, who have been coaching and following football for a very long time. Longer than we've been alive. Correct. And, and who always say the truth, like shoot it real straight, are really, really hyped on what Jameis Winston can do. And look at his weapons. That offensive room is very nice. And he is a quarterback that I feel really good about. Overall, 112. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. I will sign up for that. I will wait on a quarterback and start off my season with Jameis Winston. I'm getting Jameis Winston a lot of leagues. Yeah. Jake and I both have him at QB7. I'm. I, this is the one for me where I would say more likely than not, he is going to be my starting quarterback in most leagues that I draft in. This offense is going to be sensational. Uh, it, they're not going to throw as much as they did last year because they'll have some balance and they might actually win a couple football games. But – they're still going to be great. Mike Evans is an awesome talent on the outside. I've been preaching about Chris Godwin before it was cool to preach about Chris Godwin. I'm the OG Chris Godwin fan. You are. You are. Okay. Uh, I think Brashad Perryman is going to have a strong season on the outside. Again, I keep talking about J.J. Nelson that can catch. Tease J.J. Nelson with a lot more talent. Uh, and we saw about that role played in Bruce Arians' offense before. You look at the running back room. I, Peyton Barber isn't anything special, but he's perfectly fine as a two-down running back and has some success. Ronald Jones might be special. We don't know yet. They've got two tight ends that are offensively inclined. O.J. Howard, who, again, I'm, who I saw at the Senior Bowl, I never felt like less of a man than standing next to O.J. Howard. And then Cameron Brait, who Jameis Winston loves in the red zone, is yes. going to be putting up plenty of numbers there. Andre Ellington is going to catch some passes out of the backfield if he makes the team. Maybe they grab a LaShawn McCoy or, somebody, or Duke Johnson or somebody like that on this team. This offense is going to be really good. Winston's going to turn the ball over a ton, but I don't care for fantasy purposes. He's going to flirt with 4,500 yards. He's going to flirt with that 25 to 30 touchdown range. He's going to run for a few hundred yards to the ground. You deal with the 20 turnovers you're going to get from him. That's, he's Ben Roethlisberger of old with better yeah. options and playing against worse defenses. Okay, Sign me up for playing the Atlanta Falcons defense twice a year. Sign me up yes. for playing the Saints defense twice a year. In, like, and once a year in domes. That's what I'm saying. These, these are the, You look at the division. You look at you look at the offensive weapons, and I'm sorry, I know a lot of a lot of fantasy people don't talk about this, but because of who we have on our podcast, because of Jake, we have the insight into coaching staffs, Coach, coaching staffs, offensive coordinators. This stuff matters, yes. guys. It matters, and it matters big time. And that is one of the advantages I think we bring to the table because. Jamie and I are more on the analytics side, and Jake mm-hmm. brings completely football knowledge. It's com- he, he is looking at it strictly from, this is what my football acumen tells you. And I am telling you that this would be a very, very good option for you going into this season. Because if you think back to what Carson Palmer was in his mm-hmm. best season that he had where they went to the NFC Championship game, look at what they had offensively. I will argue a thousand times out of a thousand 
that this offense is significantly more talented yes. than the one that Bruce Arians coached that year. And Jameis Winston is a better, has the ability to be a better quarterback than Carson Palmer. I don't think he is there yet. But look at what Carson Palmer was before before Bruce Arians. Yeah. Had the same reputation. Okay. Couldn't couldn't win big games. All turnover machine. He was like Jay Cutler. That's what people looked at Carson Palmer yeah. like. And look at what his career turned into with Bruce Arians. I think you're going to see something very similar for Jameis Winston. I agree wholeheartedly. All right. The number 16 overall quarterback in ADP is Phillip Rivers. I have him as my 10, 11, 12, 13, 14th overall quarterback. Listen, I I would love to put Phil in my top 15 or in my top like 10 or 12, but I think this year, especially with the Melvin Gordon news, I'm a little nervous that they take a, a slight step back. I think they are going to throw for a lot. Um, but this is kind of, this is just where I feel comfortable with him yeah. in this tier. He's my QB 16. He's safe, unspectacular. The last yeah. four years finishes QB 15, 18, 12, and 13 in fantasy points per game. That's where he's going to finish this year, somewhere between 12 and 18. Uh, uh, he's somebody that if you want to go with maybe a riskier option, if you want to go with the Carson Wentz, if you want to go with the Cam Newtons, for example, he's a safe pick there where you know, okay, if there's any given week of Cam Newton – all of a sudden is questionable on a Friday afternoon and I, I have to scramble for somebody that I know. It doesn't really matter who Phillip Rivers is playing. He's going to put up decent enough numbers. I could throw him in my lineup. Uh, that's all I can say really about Phillip Rivers. The offense should be good, but you know where he's going to be. He's not spectacular. He doesn't have top 10 upside, but he's going to be safe for you every week. He's not going to finish outside the top 20 quarterbacks. You know that. Yeah. Number 17 overall is Dak Prescott. Uh, I have him one spot higher at my number 16 overall quarterback. Dak's an interesting case because I look at his ESPN and he's 13 overall. And I know that I I know that he has the ability to put up some pretty decent fantasy numbers. My concern is Ezekiel Elliott contract issues are still a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I don't love this team. I, I think they can be really great, but Dak's He's just the, all the other guys above him. I feel a lot more comfortable with. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a you know, 12, 13, 14th rated quarterback. But that's why I have him at 16. I think he's just right outside of that. I want to put him higher so badly, yeah. but there are just so many good quarterbacks right now. I agree. He's my QB 17. Last three years, finished 10th, 11th, and 17th. I think people forget how good he's been in fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think Zeke's going to play. Like, I, I just cannot see yeah. a scenario where Zeke doesn't get paid. I agree. So if that's the case, this offense is going to look about the same. You're going to have a full year of Amari Cooper. I just... Again, he's one of those guys in the category of I'm, he's in, I want to grab him as one, maybe my QB2 when I get that option. I just don't think he's got top eight upside, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he's this far down here. But I think he's a good option. There's just so many good QB options. I feel like we're talking about like the QB 16, 17. Like we don't want them. I do. I just yeah. There's so many of them, which is why in single quarterback leagues, I'm not paying the price to get a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that. No, because the reality is I will probably end up with a couple of the guys that we've talked about in these in these last few rounds. Like I love the next guy. Yes. But, but I, how many quarterbacks can I legitimately rank him over? Yeah, and that's, that's kind of – Mitchell Trubisky comes in at – Number 18 overall. Listen, I I think that he has the ability 10, 11, 12, 30. He's my 15th overall quarterback. I, I think that's – he's in that – like I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a top 10 guy. Like I don't think he's – he doesn't have top five upside. But if he ends up being like 9 through 12, I won't be shocked because he has 
significant upside with his rushing ability. I saw a play where he played it last year. It was live watching him against the Patriots. He went like 85 yards down the field. He's very, very athletic. I like his play caller. I like the second year. I like the offense. But I can't rate him above some of the guys that I've seen it for 10-plus years. Yeah, it's tough. Like, are we sure he doesn't have top 10 upside? Because I think he does. Yeah. Like, I, I really like Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Finished 11th last year, and now I went 14th, and I feel bad about it. But I just – Yeah, that's true. It's tough for me. Like, that's why there's so many good options here. I This is going to sound so weird to say considering what the Bears have been for ever. Uh I really love what they have on offense. Me too. I love – I mean, Allen Robinson's a star. I think people forget just because he had those inju- injured years and Jackson and all that other stuff. But he's a star. I love David Montgomery. Mike Davis – I'm going to end up drafting Mike Davis off my bench because Mike Davis is going to be – is going to score around and probably be the week one starter at running back somehow. Yep. Uh, Tariq well, Cohen is is a just a game-breaker on offense. I like Taylor Gabriel. I like Anthony, Anthony Miller. Miller. Yeah. I think Trey Burton has more to offer than we saw last year. I really like this offense. And again, he Mitchell Trubisky is somebody I'm targeting. Again, I want to grab the Winston and Trubisky or somebody like that. Wentz and Trubisky. Goff, Wentz. Try to grab two of these guys and That's mix who and I'm going to have. One of the, the, I'm going to have Trubisky on my team and I'm going to have somebody else. And I'm going to probably end up playing Trubisky most weeks. And there will be a couple of weeks where I don't feel comfortable playing him, where he's playing maybe the Vikings defense on the road, um, a, color, a, a couple of other teams. But – Listen, he ended up as the 11th overall quarterback last year, like Jamie said. I think he does, like, you know, I, I, I don't want, it's one of those things, because I am a Chicago, because I'm a Bears fan, it's like I don't want to be overly homerish, so I kind of put him down oh, a little. We heard the Adam Rank podcast, Yeah, page. I mean, don't want to be homerish. Yeah, I just, I put him, like, I was sitting there doing my rankings, and I'm like, do I want to mess around and put him in my top 12? Yeah, I do, but I was like, I'm going to put him 15 just because I don't want to. Like, if he finishes as QB7 next year? I won't be like, surprised. I'm sitting be like, yeah, I could, just see, I could yeah, see it. Like, I just, yeah. that is why I want to grab two. Like, last year, uh, in, in humble brag, in, in the league I won, I mix and match Russell Wilson and Mitch Trubisky. Those were the two guys that I tried to go with on a weekly basis and try to figure out down the stretch. Yes, please. Sign I, me up. Do that again this year. Yeah. You can easily do Sign it. Where up. these guys are being drafted, you can easily do that. I will take a chance there because uh, shout out to uh, Mike Tagliere of the Fantasy Pros podcast. Those guys do a great job. He's going to have an article that comes out, I think, next week. It's called like Boom Bust and Everything in Between. And basically it breaks down how often certain players finish in the top, in this case quarterbacks, top 12. How often on a weekly basis does this quarterback finish top 12? And you will see more often than not that if it's not the elite of the elite quarterbacks, they finish outside of QB1 territory somewhere between 40 and 55% of the time. So let's say half the time. Yeah. So you can mix and match two of those guys and do your best to predict based on how they're playing and what their matchups are and try to say, okay, if I mix and match two guys, maybe I get a QB 12 or above 75% of the time, which will already put you a leg up over most of your league. Do that. This is the end of my quarterbacks that I feel comfortable drafting. Kind of. There's somebody after this guy, but oh, there's one other guy that I that I am okay with. I just would. It's the qualifier of I need somebody else on my team. Uh, yes. The 19th overall quarterback is Lamar Jackson in ADP. I have him as my 21st overall quarterback. I just he will not be on my fantasy team. Mine I won't, either. I won't draft Lamar Jackson. This Baltimore offense is not good. They don't have a lot of pieces to like there. Uh, I understand that he has rushing upside, but I saw what teams did the second time around when they faced this team, and I just don't think that that offense, what they did, 
is realistic long term. I just don't see it. I'm fascinated to see what John Harbaugh has schemed up for this team because there's some talk again. I, I, I don't buy into any talk coming out at this point because nothing matters. But I did like that. I did like to hear him saying that he's going to get even more creative. I was afraid they were going to pull back. You know, like okay, we had to do that. Kind of like with the Wildcat stuff in Miami way back when we had to do that to survive. But now we have to pull back. John Harbaugh is not pulling back. No. He's going to get crazier. So I'm excited to see how – because he has to. He That's has the, to. Has the only to. Way that team, team is, is appreciably worse than it was last year and the year before that. So this is the only chance that they have. So I'm intrigued to see that. However, as, as much rushing upside as Lamar Jackson has, I guess you have to decide how much does he have. I have him down for 915 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. That's And then I have that with just under 3,000 passing yards, 16 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That puts him outside the top twenty. Yeah, I like, just like that. That puts him. That projects him basically. Where do I have it here? That projects him basically. Oh no! I mean, he would be barely inside the top twenty at that. Like, I just don't see this massive hustle. I don't see him running for twelve, thirteen hundred yards like people are talking about. No, and there's two other quarterbacks that we're going to talk about beyond one that's coming up that I like more than him. He's uh, my QB nineteen. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, he's going. He's a lot of leagues. He's going higher than that. Um, like I see in fan tracks, which is interesting because this is the one where the experts are all over the place. Um, he's going top 14 there. I just don't see that upside there. He can't, yeah. he's not a polished passer. There are no weapons for him to throw to. No, thank you. I like everything about their running game as a, as a whole. Yeah, it's not good. I like good. Mark Ingram. I, I think not Justin, good for fantasy. For Justice you. Hill could low-key be the rookie of the year. I just. Not good for, not good for your quarterback. I'm avoiding. If, if, they, if they're going to start trying to establish the run more so without him. Uh, number 28 overall quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's my 19th overall quarterback. I Listen, he, I've gone back and forth on Kirk where I was like, listen, I think he might have a bounce back year here. Uh, I think, as we know, the Minnesota Vikings want to run the football because somebody got fired for not running the football. So I think that that is going to be what happens here in Minnesota and that is not great for you from a fantasy perspective with Kirk Cousins. I think he is never going to be that Washington fantasy football guy we saw in past years for the Redskins because if the Vikings want to have success, that's not what that team's going to do. I do I do like him a little bit more than like like we said what we just talked about Lamar Jackson, but not that much more and he will not be on my team. Oh, I like him significantly more. He's my QB 15. Ooh, uh, okay. I I expect a full bounce back from Kirk Cousins this year. Yes, I expect them to run the ball more, but I expect him to be a more efficient passer. He is finishing the top 15 each of the last half decade among quarterbacks, including last year, including how terrible last year was, 14th in fantasy points per game. That was better than Tom Brady. That was better than Dak Prescott. That was just – that was better than Carson Wentz. Yeah, you that was and better I than both like Baker him Mayfield. You and I both like him more than Tom Brady. He's going to be my QB2 in yeah. a lot of leagues. I really like him this year. I still think he has back end of the top 10 upside. He's got a lot of really good weapons here. He's got two star. T- he's got two really good tight ends. He's got two star wide receivers. He's got a damn good running back in Dalvin Cook. I'm excited about it. Like he's somebody that there are going to be at least six weeks a year where I'm going to want to put him in my lineup, and he could be a 15 to 20 point plus scorer. The reason I have him uh, a little bit lower than you is that what we've talked about when we previewed this division, he doesn't beat good teams. And he never has. No, but if he's losing to good teams, I love the garbage yards. Yeah, which he might. That, that's what he did in Washington, too. I think yeah, people forget that's garbage true. yards were a huge reason why he was a top eight quarterback in Washington. Yeah. I still think there's going to be some of that this year, but. Listen, if he bends up top 15, I wouldn't be. If he runs up 14 through 15, I wouldn't be surprised. He's 19 for me, yeah. 20 in these overall rankings. 
it's kind of in that range. Like we talked about, if you feel comfortable having two quarterbacks, um, I would definitely take him over, uh, over some of the others that we, Lamar Jackson specifically. Number 21 overall co- quarterback here in the ADP is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I have him as my 22nd rated overall quarterback. So pretty close here, not too far off. I got to see something from Jimmy. That's, that's where this is. Yeah. I know that everybody likes the, the, the phenomenon that was in new England, that he obviously got traded to San Francisco. We saw a couple of good weeks, but he had a major injury, uh, too much risk. That's, that's where this is too much risk. I don't really love their offensive pieces. Uh, I love George Kittle. Um, but there's not, there's not a ton to love for me. And the biggest part of this is I'm not going into the season with my starting quarterback coming off a major injury and me not seeing enough of him. And that's where Jimmy Garoppolo is for me. And I think that's the best point. I don't know how good Jimmy Garoppolo is. I just don't know. I don't Nobody know. Does. I, I don't know if Nobody he's, does. I don't, we don't know. And I understand that there's a logical line of thought here that I hear people saying, and it's, it makes complete sense to me. I just think it's wrong. That look at what – one, that Kyle Shanahan is amazing. That's absolutely true. But look at what they did with C.J. Beathard and Mullins. And if those guys could put up the numbers that they did – and like I think all the – if you combined all the Niners quarterbacks, you got like a top five quarterback last year in fantasy. They're like the upside here is tremendous. I just don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo is any better – I think he's probably better than those guys, but is he significantly better? And I think sometimes people have to understand that there is a cap to how much offense you can put up and how many – like just because – like let's say an offense – you have the Patrick Home offense. Let's say you don't believe he's the number one quarterback. You say you believe Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now and I give you 16 healthy games. How many more yards does he put up in last year's Chiefs offense? Probably not much more because there's only so many plays per game that you can have. Yes. So I think a lot of times his projection you, – you expect way more potential yards than there could be. Unless they extend how long these games go, start having 70-minute on-the-clock football games. I just think there's just not as much upside here. If you want to take a chance on him as your QB2, maybe best ball leagues, this could be a fun play because I do think they could have some big weeks. They play Arizona. They play a bad Seattle defense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm okay with that, but I just I need to see it. Would I be shocked if he finished inside the top 15 quarterbacks? No. Would I be shocked if he finished among the top 10? Yeah, I think I would be. The number 22 overall quarterback is Sam Darnold coming in here. For me, he's the 27th overall quarterback. I Listen, he won't be on my team. Correct. Uh, that's, these are, he shouldn't be on yours either unless you're in a 2QB league where yeah, you have to take everybody. Yeah, this isn't – I'm not excited about Sam Darnold. This team, if they want to be better, is going to run the football a lot. That's what I expect to happen through Le'Veon Bell. I don't think this football team is going to be all that good. Um, I think they're going to be okay, actually. They're going to be okay. I, I, don't I, th- I think, think they're going to hover around 500. That's, that, if they go 7-9, and nine, I think that's that's pretty good for them this year. Uh, I just, listen, Adam Gase is calling plays there, and I am painfully aware of what that looks like. So uh, 27th overall, I will not be drafting Sam Darnold. They drove some guy to do a reality show for the last quarterback that he had there. <sighs> um, I have him at 27 as well. I'm higher on Sam Darnold in real life. Like I'm, I'm excited to see what progressions he makes. We've talked about this. He needs to fix his turnover problem, which yeah. I'm not sure he's going to be fixed. Your turnover prone in college, your turnover prone in the NFL, it's a tough problem to fix. Ask the Jameis Winstons of the world. Um, I, I think he can take another step forward. I want to see, can he have success on the road? I mean, if you remember last year. Yeah, was, with the know, exception in, of the first game. In our betting segments, I was like, fade Sam Darnold on the road. Any chance you got to, to bet against him was was awesome. 
I just don't see it this year. I mean, their weapons are okay. I'm not a big Robbie Anderson fan. I think he's talented. I think he's – I have my thoughts about him as a person. Uh, yeah. But those – I'll save those. So it's not relevant right now. But I think he's just okay. I don't – Quincy and Numa doesn't do much for me at this point. Um, no, I their just, options are – Le'Veon Bell's nice. I mean, Chris Herndon's going to be his, – his safety blade gets suspended for the first four games of the season. I like Le'Veon Bell being there. That will help him a lot. Ryan Khalil coming out of retirement to play center will help a lot too. But I think those are going to help him more in real-life football than fantasy football. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a, a better progression this year in, in real life. I just don't think that's going to equate to fantasy. Uh, the number 23 overall quarterback is Josh Allen. I'm actually higher on Josh Allen this year. I have, I have him as my 17th overall quarterback. I like his rushing ability. And this is one of those ones where every year I kind of have a feeling about somebody where I put him a little bit higher. Now, it's not somebody, it's not a feeling where he's jumping into the top 15. 17 is still out of a QB1 yeah. for me. But I think there's going to be weeks where you're really excited about Josh Allen, and I and I have reflect that higher um, as my 17th overall guy. He's my QB20. I actually, if, I suggest you go back and listen to Locked on Bills. Uh, last week I was on with Joe Marino, and we talked extensively about Josh Allen. I love him at best ball leagues. Yeah. Uh, he's a must target because he is going to put up monster games, maybe only three times a year, but he's going to put up monster games at some point. Here's where I struggle with Josh Allen. I actually wrote a specific part of this. Um, I, I, wrote a, I talked about this significantly with him. Last year, from week 12 through week 17, the number one quarterback in fantasy was Josh Allen. Oh, I know. Number one. Number that's, one. That's a number one. I, that's I just, why he's 17 for me. I've seen the upside. But I just don't think he's a good football player. No. Like I And, and I think at some point that – That matters. You've got to complete more than 14 passes a game. Yeah. I'm sorry. You have to. The weapons there – there's some intriguing weapons. They're not good weapons. I think Robert Foster is interesting. I think John Brown, if healthy, is interesting. For sure. But these aren't good options. Like I just – to me, I mean, I still have him. I have him running for 700 yards and seven touchdowns. I yeah. think this is where that's where he we has need to no differ. Yeah. Because you can argue and say, well, he ran for almost that much last year and he missed four games. If you think he's going to do what he did at the end of last year, where he's running for 90 plus yards a game, then you draft him in the top 12. Yeah, I'm sorry. So if you think he's going to run for 11, 1200 yards, or even a thousand yards, you take him in the top 12. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to take a step forward as a passer which is going to take away from his rushing yards. I think teams are going to be more prepared for it. I, for I just, context, there were how many running backs that ran for 1,100 yards last year? Uh, I, have to, I have to double check. I know like for 1,200 there was three. Yeah, I mean, come on. At a certain point. So like, do you expect Josh Allen to be a top five rushing player in the NFL this year? <laughs> That's what I'm if talking about. If you do, take him in the top 12 and he's a bona fide QB1 and he's probably a top five option. Yeah, I, I just can't don't imagine see that it. happens. I, I can't just imagine don't see that it. happens. No, I, like I said, I like him a little bit more than it's reflected here. I have him 17. You, look, I have him five spots below Kirk Cousins, but if you want to take Josh Allen and say, look, I've got – Matt Ryan, or I've got Russell Wilson, or I've got, or I took Aaron Rodgers, Luck, or Deshaun Watson. I just want somebody that high upside guy that just in case I need them. Five Fine, take Josh Allen. Yeah, but sure. I, I don't think at the end of the season he's going to put up significantly stronger numbers. Uh, to finish out, to round out the top twenty-five, um, there's two two spots. I have them the exact opposite. I have Matthew the the at the ADP. They have Derek Carr coming in at, at, at number twenty-four. I have Derek Carr as my twenty-fifth overall quarterback. Neither of these guys will be on my team. Matt Stafford's 25. I have him as 24. Um, I just have those spots flipped. Let's talk about Derek Carr quickly. 
I uh, can't imagine that you love Derek Carr. No, he's my QB 23, so he's, you know, one of the last options I think you, you grab. Or in, a two, there's some in a two-quarterback. Yeah. Two yeah, in a two-quarterback format. Look, I know he's a couple years removed from being QB1 territory in fantasy. He hasn't been the same player, both mentally or physically, since that moment. Yes, Antonio Brown is there, and that's going to help, but I don't think that offense is changing significantly. Jake and I, and you talked about that on our show yesterday when we did our AFC West preview. There are going to be certain weeks I think he has strong matchups. I mean, especially when you're playing at home against Kansas City or in some of those other matchups where there are enough weapons on that team now that I think he could be interesting on certain weeks, but not somebody you're going to look at consistently. Matthew Stafford, he's my cute – where do I have him? It could be 24 or 25. 24 for me. I think if you're looking – if you're in a 2QB league and you're looking for somebody outside the top 20 – that has top 15 or top 12 upside, it's Matthew Stafford. Agreed, because we've seen it. We've seen it the three years prior to last year. I mean, last year was 31st. I mean, it was Last year was horrendous. Bad. He was a fantasy team killer last year. We finished 13th, 12th, and 10th. I know Golden Tate's not there anymore, but Marvin Jones is coming back. He's got Kenny Galladay. They drafted a tight end in the first round, Hawkinson, who, again, I'm not, might take a while to make an impact. But you got Kerryon Johnson back there. I'm concerned about that offense in general. Um, I think they're going to run the ball a lot more with Daryl Bevel there, uh, but – Again, he's 25th for me. It's not like, or 24th yeah. for me. It's not like I'm super high on him, but he has a little bit of upside there. Yeah, 25th in the ADP, 24 like Jamie has him for me overall. I echo everything Jamie just said. If you're looking for somebody in a two quarterback league who we've seen multiple years in a row be a top 15 guy, that guy's Matthew Stafford. I just know that he's not in the category where I feel comfortable as in being my first quarterback anymore because that he was in that same category as kind of like Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger for yeah, me. In he was in that prior. tier. Absolutely. He was in that tier where I knew he was going to throw a lot of picks, but I knew he was going to throw for a lot of yards, and I knew he was going to throw for a lot of touchdowns. But last year was atrocious for him, and I had to have that reflection here because I don't trust his coaching staff. That's really what it is. I don't like Matt Patricia as a coach. No. In years prior, they had, in my opinion, much better coaching and made a bad decision to go in a new direction. And I don't like him without Golden Tate because Golden Tate was somewhere near 40% of the offense when he yes. left. And that is outrageous to take that away from somebody. And I think, unfortunately for Detroit fans, they've wasted Matthew Stafford's years. There are two other quarterbacks I want to just briefly touch on. Again, okay. if you're in two QB leagues, you're looking for best ball, high upside plays. Uh, one of them is Andy Dalton. Yep. Uh, I know Adrian Green's out, but it's also, you know, it's a day that ends in Y, so Adrian Green's hurt. Last four years, ten, and again, not the greatest trajectory, but 10th, 17th, 24th, and 20th in fantasy points per game. I think they're gonna. I think Zach Taylor is going to provide a more dynamic offense than what Marvin Lewis and company have had in recent years. So I do think there's the ability for him to be a weekly starter for you in two quarterback leagues. The other one, just to keep an eye on, if he wins the starting job, Ryan Fitzpatrick is an interesting option. Yeah. He's my QB 26 right now. He's been up on my rankings. He's not so. He's not somebody you can want to start every single week, even in a two quarterback format. But in certain matchups, when he's just slinging it like he did last year, you don't care if he throws three interceptions if he also throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and I think it also boosts the value of all the Miami pass catchers if he gets that. Andy Dalton I have high, rated a little bit higher too, like you do. I I have him 23. I think he's he's got the upside of, of being able – I like that offense. I think we got to pay attention to obviously what this A.J. Green news is going to mean for him overall because that's obviously his number one option. Um, and, and the same with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I have a star next to Fitzpatrick because the second that he is named – the full-time starting quarterback, I have to reevaluate my rankings because I know what I've seen from Fitzpatrick, and he might be a guy where I take him late 
and get him and play the matchups because I know that he's going to put up some some weeks where it's going to be outrageous. And I know even in our AFC West preview yesterday, we did mention Miami could be interesting. Like we got into that. We yeah. were like, we know we did the AFC West, AFC East preview I, way before, but Miami could be interesting with Fitzpatrick. And I, I'm kind of wait and see on that. I don't want to get too deep into it because we'll save that for our receivers show. But people always overestimate how bad bad teams are yeah. in fantasy. And they stay away from all of their players. There is going to be significant fantasy value in Miami. You're just going to take a little bit more time and a little bit more research to figure out where that's going to be. But don't give up. There's going to be fantasy value on the Dolphins this year. Absolutely. There always is. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at FFB on Instagram. Guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere, literally every podcast platform that there is by searching for TDN Fantasy. You can find all of our content on thedraftnetwork.com, and you should follow them, Draft Network LLC, on Twitter, and you can follow us at TDFantasy underscore. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.